Welcome to The Lemonade Principle. I'm Chris Roberts. And I'm Catherine Kirby. We have two great guests for you this week as we catch up with Natish Singh and Prasanna Amanat from the Durham University MBA class of 2019. Natish and Prasanna now work for digital consulting firm Lardy & Partner. We get an insight into their roles as well as their view of the future from a technology perspective. Natish and Prasanna tell us about some of the challenges that their clients have faced during the COVID-19 pandemic and we get some of their advice for anyone in the classroom now that's thinking about a career in the consulting industry. Here's some of what you can hear this week. And uh, as a challenge, I kind of took up the MBA because I really wanted to break that uh, and get out of my comfort zone. As a senior advisor, I primarily work closely with um, the CSU stakeholders. So um, I got my first uh, break of work, maybe it's an SPB company or even my first career post MBA was through my network. If you reflect back now, you think, hey, we should have done that. But that definitely was something that we can call upon as a failure. We, as, as an individual or as everyone in a group, we are still figuring out the correct definition of new normal. So for every individual, the new normal is different. I genuinely at least believe that it cannot be like that for eternity. So there has to be some change. And hopefully that's, that's, that's the, the positive aspect. Future is quite good, quite positive, and whatsoever the rate we thought of a transformation, it's happening fast. From a consulting perspective, I think those who want to get into consulting, they probably should start early. Do not wait for your MBA to you know, finish. Hear the full conversation with Natish Singh and Prasanna Amanan after this. This is The Lemonade Principle, a podcast from Durham University Business School. I'm Chris Roberts. And I'm Catherine Kirby. Hi there, welcome to The Lemonade Principle. I'm delighted to have not one, but two fantastic guests for you today, both of whom are from the Durham MBA class of 2019 and now work for a company called Lardy & Partner Consulting. Natish Singh and Prasanna Amanan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Catherine, for the podcast. Thank you very much for having us on the podcast. (laughs) To get started, um, why don't you guys both give a bit of an introduction of yourselves and a bit of a career background, too, so we get an understanding of, you know, where you came from in the lead up to doing your MBA. Uh, Sure. So, so, uh, first of all, very much thank you for this welcome. And uh, I'm Nitish, and uh, basically I'm a mechanical graduate, and I worked across to the technology industries for last seven years. And then idea of this MBA came after uh, having a, you know, work experience of seven years into the tech side. I thought something is missing into the personality trade or maybe onto the personal management stuff that would be uh, giving me a, a large more horizon platform to uh, have a gr- uh, great growth into the, my uh, career. And even not only to the career, it will also help me to supplement my uh, personal establishment. So that's what my idea with the MBA and, and post MBA, uh, and it, 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 it uh, had a very good benefit on my uh, career right now and so I'm like uh, leading as a digital transformist right now and helping the businesses to uh, transform their usual way into the more digital way of doing the regular business. 
So this is how a very brief about me, and then passing on to Prasanna. Thank you, Nitish. So um, thanks again, Chris and uh, Catherine, for this opportunity to be on the podcast. Um, so about me, um, a little bit of background. So I'm basically a computer science engineer. I started off uh, with uh, developing software, uh, um, or websites, and things like that, and then I eventually moved on to uh, a fintech-based firm, um, and that's where I started building treasury systems uh, for uh, financial um, financial use, etc. And through that journey, I think that's when I from I moved from engineering to engineering management, and I think the challenges in the R&D and as well as um, you know making ma making products. Um, meet uh, the expectation of the end users something that came up to uh, you know came up alive in, the, in terms of how really hard and difficult it is uh, especially with, with something where you know half the people who are building the product have very little knowledge about how it's going to be used uh, because you can't expect every engineer to have an understanding in finance uh, especially uh, in the depth if you're dealing with derivatives and uh, complex trading instruments etc so that's where somehow I branched out. I again from engineering to engineering management. I moved on. I acquired some financial skills. I'm a qualified risk manager, financial risk manager, and that helped me play this intermediate role with, within my uh, um, uh, you know career in terms of uh, being the person who can coordinate, being a product owner basically who could coordinate things with the R&D team and then uh, with the actual. Uh, end users, whether it's the customers or banks or uh, treasury houses, etc. And uh, while I did this, I think it was absolutely fun. I enjoyed the journey. I uh, was uh, taking care of a product portfolio before I quit for my MBA, and I definitely enjoyed the highs and uh, uh, lows of it. But like Nitish said, I think there was something missing out throughout all of this. And uh, when I reflected back, for me, it it, it was mostly um, you know, it had to do with something with a larger purpose with the rest of my career. Uh, what is that I wanted to do? And each time I thought about it, it just pushed me. I mean, there's no doubt that at all, all point, all through this, all through these 10, 12 years that I was in corporate, I, I had this entrepreneurial um, interest, a curiosity and passion and, you know, but, but the point was I never, uh, like I said, fear lets you uh, or just or for lack of word, uh, lack of uh, lack of word, um, you want to be in, in in the comfort zone, right? So that was something that that I kept on doing, and then at some point in time, I want to call it, I wanted to call it ends. And uh, as a challenge, I kind of took up the MBA because I really wanted to break that uh, and get out of my comfort zone. And so, as a starting step, uh, the challenge was my MBA. So that's uh, and and after my MBA, which uh, already pointed out. Uh, we are looking at uh, digital transformation uh, focused on um, strategy and innovation. And particularly, I enjoy uh, you know, building uh, customer experiences. Great. I mean, I know both of you have just touched on there about why you, you chose to do an MBA, what motivated you to do, to do it. Um, I'm just wondering if you can um, let our listeners know what was the motivation behind choosing Durham? To, to do your MBA um, and maybe obviously 
it seems that, that for both of you, it was actually honing in on those personal skills, personal management, um, challenging yourself, that they were some of the reasons you chose to do an MBA. Would you say that's what you got? That was kind of um, the MBA delivered in that sense? Or was there anything unexpected that the, the MBA um, brought about as well? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, the journey to the Durham was, uh, I would say, it all started when I tried to uh, look on to the uh, management, you know, uh, education expertise. And UK, you know, it's a quite well known in the world for its uh, manage management education. And in fact, the managerial training as well. So out of uh, UK, I shortlisted top uh, eight to 10 institutes. And then I started to compare their uh, regular programs, the program structure, the fee structure, and even uh, the profiles of the um, you know, faculties and the professors. And based on that, I, I further eliminated um, quite, quite a good number of university. And then I was left with a very uh, short options of two to three university, among which uh, for me, the Durham was uh, are quite beneficial in terms of uh, return on investment, in terms of um, their program structure. And the very good thing is uh, uh, the already it's already uh, AAA accredited. But apart from this, the collegiate system and the pathway system was something which I didn't find out on any of the other shortlisted universities. So that was uh, for me a great inclination towards the Durham and, and, and you know, the city, uh, Durham, is already quite a lovely and a small place. So you can peacefully enjoy your entire curriculum for a span of an year and focus on yourself and your development. So that was my motivation to go for that university. Uh, this is, I think, uh, for me, uh, there was no doubt. Um, I'll be very honest. Uh, before I even chose Durham, one of the things that I clearly knew was the value uh, from, from the value for the program. And I mean, in two perspectives, under two lenses, the first one is definitely from an ROI perspective. I kind of coming from financial risk management background, I actually had a sheet with over 10, 12 places where I had applied or, you know, and I kind of worked out the NPV and IRR for uh, these programs. And there was no doubt uh, Durham was a clear winner there. And that motivated me. And in addition to that, for me, uh, genuinely uh, looking at the program, the pathways, and the very fact that, um, uh, you know, uh, it had a collegiate system, uh, for me, all of that mattered because I, I knew that I would have a cohort and I will probably work closely with them and build relationships, but also the collegiate system. I like, for, for example, I was part of Trevelyan College, I am. And I, uh, so it, it helped me expand my network and build relationships and meet different students. And I think really that, that was something uh, unique to Durham. Uh, so, which is why I think for me, it was a no brainer. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely happy with everything that I did with Durham. I like that you talk about kind of networking with, with the other guys on your program as well. And I think for this episode, it's, it's a bit rare that I often have somebody that I know um, who I've met personally from, from the MBA program. So it's nice to have it on. Are you guys still in touch with many people from the program? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and obviously you're in touch with each other. Absolutely, no. Yes, that is. I think uh, uh, it's it's nice. We've been in touch with many of uh, our friends from the cohort, uh, and I think in addition to that, also within um, uh, you know uh, the newer batches, we were lucky to have a made few contacts and 
coming come across a few of them so that's also good we were able to get in touch with few people uh, so i think it's definitely uh, we are connected yeah good stuff i mean right, let's bring it up to, to current day a little bit more why don't you tell us about what your current roles are and tell us a bit about the work that you do you've touched on it a little but if you can go into a little bit more detail about what you do now uh, sure. So, I mean, as I said, uh, this MBA has uh, been a very, a very good for, for me and it has given me a quite, uh, you know, uh, a quite a good uh, divert on my career path. So right now I'm uh, engaging as a digital transformation consulting and uh, we are working into a consulting industry. So our usual work is to uh, transform the uh, ongoing or traditional business processes into the digital processes. And, you know, I mean, since last 12 months, as we have seen, the world has uh, saw a greater inclination toward the digital uh, activities. So that is what is the current in demand uh, in, in present market. And, and we are uh, specializing in, uh, in those type of services. Apart from this, since I've been already into this field since uh, one and a half years, so we are still uh, into a very much learning phase. But a good thing is uh, we are contributing to push uh, tech uh, uh, tech side more onto the people so that uh, the use of the technology can be uh, laid into a very fruitful way and can be used for a much of a betterment, betterment of the uh, generation. And not only this, it will also provide a, a, you know, a sustainable base for uh, upcoming future so that everything when you have um, something sorted on your um, yeah, through your uh, digital uh, pathway. So you have a quite good control on it and quite a good grip on it. And you can provide uh, much of a personalized or uh, a personal touch in the services or the product whatsoever it is for the business. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are into the current role and um, have uh, already been uh, dealing with um, in the same role, I've been dealing with the banking and non-banking forms, and recently we are also dealing with the healthcare forms. Mm. Um, so for me, um, with regard to my role um, as a senior advisor, I primarily work closely with um, the C-suit stakeholders. And uh, again, it revolves around a couple of key areas that I focus on. One of them is uh, around strategy workshops. The idea is to, uh, you know, come up with brainstorming, uh, with uh, problem solving, and um, you know, looking at looking at what's currently happening and 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 see what the future state can be. And uh, this is something probably uh, uh, something that I did in the past as well. And as as a result of that, uh, there are um, there's an element of change management wherein I keep in I I, I kind of participate in those and try to build those influencing groups, et cetera. And in, a, in addition to that, then we focus on the core pieces of how we can transform the current business, the current challenges that we have, mm -hmm. and look at what is that as a business they are looking at where they want to go. And um, that's the, and the, the middle part is where we guide them, particularly in my role, I help them look at where they are currently, make sure that we have those interviews, those discussions, build those um, evidence and then make sure that we share it with them, not just because we know most organizations work in a very distributed fashion now. Um, so we try and share, get, get, get all those opinions along. And then based on that, obviously, we build a picture that they themselves think um, where their organization should be. And we use our expertise 
having worked with different projects in different um, locations geographically, uh, determining what really fits them. And I think that's where we kind of spend most of our time on. So basically workshops, getting them to, uh, get, getting them to uh, um, see, um, build those influencing groups. And uh, as we already touched upon the digital uh, transformation aspect. So I think predominantly within that, I uh, focus on customer experience uh, where my core aim is to, to look at how we can provide an unbeatable customer experience. Um, so these are the things that I kind of touch on my own. Right, and just in, in terms of, um, I suppose, the, the context of the, the time that we're in, um, I suppose you'd have seen a big change from maybe when you graduated um, back in 2019 to, to now. Um, what kind of challenges have, have you seen because of COVID and, and how have you overcome them either for yourself or, or for your clients? I mean, I guess digital transformation is, if there's ever a time that, you know, puts emphasis on the need for digital transformation, it's it's now. But um, I'm just wondering if you can give us an insight into some of those challenges that you, you've, you've experienced. Uh, yes, certainly. I think it's, 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 the basic thing, I mean, at the moment, um, you know, uh, kind of when COVID was at its peak, what we realized that um, it took a moment for most of us, including the businesses, to come to a point where we wanted to reflect and see, hey, where we are at now and what is that we can do and what we cannot do. I think it actually took a while, uh, to be honest, to figure that out. But that, that moment, um, that, that phase, meant that we had to really stay, you know, um, believe in ourselves, believe in the people around us and see where we could go. So I think that that journey, uh, holding together at, uh, at that time meant a lot of difference. So that was a, one of the challenges that we came through and uh, it helped. Uh, I think this, we saw this similarly, uh, not only with, within our teams, but also with the client teams and, and, and then so it's something that was common. Um, Again, from COVID, I think um, the other um, area that impacted, I think we kind of changed. Typically, we would present ourselves uh, working at the client side or having discussions with them. Uh, and saying, so there's a lot of uh, things that we observe, if not necessarily, uh, even if we are uh, not questioning somebody or interviewing somebody, we pick up a lot of signals. Uh, we pick up a lot of um, uh, maybe it's body language or maybe it's observation. We make those notes and, and those kind of helping, you know, uh, really um, building a storyline um, uh, when you're working with a client, especially in the consulting side. Uh, that was a key challenge for us. How do we do that when we actually can't meet them, talk them, be in their place, understand how the team's actually working together? Are they really, you know, working together or those dynamics, which is definitely important because that helps you to understand a lot as an external person um, working with them. But I think that was a key challenge. Uh, but what happened over time, we slowly figured out how we can do this uh, in, in other way, apart from actually being there. So I think we figured that out, we learned, we went through that journey. Uh, and there's no doubt that what, uh, what we can do when we are in person, obviously is, is, is far too, um, uh, effective and then what we can do otherwise but I think we still learned and uh, learned to go about it. 
and and how what what was the solution to that just out of interest i mean i know obviously in terms of um establishing a client's needs it's obviously easier to do when when you're there you're in the office you can observe but even just i suppose you know managing a team or interacting with colleagues how how do you sort of fill that void as, as much as you can in terms of that physical separation you might have from from colleagues or, or employees what have you got any tips right right i think i think what happened i think the learning is uh, we were able to bridge again not everything but some of it with the help of obviously uh, discussions and making sure that we present uh, our understanding and make sure we ask them because earlier we didn't have to do this uh, because we could make our notes being there in their environment whereas now we want to be sure if we are actually you know getting it right yeah. so we actually go on and ask them and also we have an internal discussion to determine if we all agree on the same thing so i yes. think obviously uh, compared to before it, it was quite evident you could make if you could make your notes uh, and then you know use them as a, as of now it's much more dependent upon not just one person but then you try and try to get a consensus with the team and then you are going to check back with the um, the participants uh, who are involved and also outside this uh, we we try and look at um, what's happening outside you know i mean in, in similar examples what's going on what are we hearing from our peers our networks so i think that's that's been the uh, way to mitigate some of the uh, challenges of not being there physically this is please add anything Yeah, so I mean, I, mean uh, I very well agree to. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry for uh, getting in. No, no, carry on. So, I very well agree with Prasanna's point. And one thing would just like to add on in continuation with it. Uh, we also coordinated in a very, uh, you know, uh, uh, a specific manner. We identified and be realistic on what we uh, definitely need to provide to our clients and how we are managing our other colleagues or maybe our other stakeholders. So. instead of having a high uh, set value expectations as during the normal time we have to also uh, modify our uh, current expectation suiting the need so that's how we also manage that okay this void has to be filled in some uh, something um, with certain realization that is much more achievable and much more realistic than being you know uh, physically present at uh, same place and working together so definitely it was a challenging thing but somehow it it got done and now everyone is used to it so we are sailing in in a good times right now i can say mm. so i mean you guys both work for a a technology consulting firm so you're kind of there on on the front line of companies trying to adapt their practices or trying to understand what they might need to do how would you say the world of of work really has changed in the last 12 months and do you think it'll ever go back to what it was before um so no no this is a quite good thing to discuss and i think it is quite a debatable thing few few says that okay the world will get back to the normal but for me i mean in my very much uh, specific and a personal opinion we as as an individual or as everyone in a group we are still figuring out the correct definition of new normal so for every individual the new normal is different for a businessman it is more on a digitalization side for an individual who had a job loss is maybe it's more uh, maybe on more on a entrepreneurial side or a job found side or uh, for an individual who had already been impacted with this uh, health issue 
may have uh, you know staying with family and staying safe so the definition of the new normal is very much different for every individual and every uh, group of individual we have to uh, limit or i would say we have to identify our correct definition and then we have to act uh, in in a similar way so in my opinion this coming 12 months has brought us a great uh, change on our thinking that whatever our action is we have to make sure it is sustainable sustainable for future act, uh, generation and even sustainable for ourselves so that we don't land up in a same trouble again in a future so that's why we have to be very much cautious very much um, um uh, uh, evaluated step and yes techs are already pushing in ascent so we have to um, adapt ourselves with the new transforming technology i think i completely agree that um, the last 12 months the changes that have come through uh, they are going to stay and they are going to move us uh, some kind of um, you know if, if if we have a needle and if it's a you know it's pointing uh, you know where it is now it's no doubt it's going to move probably it's going to push us a little bit uh, as it has done over the last 12 months and why do i say this i think obviously our behavior is changing uh, given the uh, experience of last 12 months and um, in addition as nitish pointed out the the diffusion that's happening with regard to whether it's technology or whether it's new ideas uh, new ways of doing things and then the 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 larger macro problems that that we kind of are confronted with whether it's climate change or something to do with uh, equal um, uh, reducing inequality etc so these are like forcing us to obviously adopt certain behaviors uh, which is happening and which means that it does directly come on to us uh, down the line so i believe that there is impact and that is going to is going to it's going to be there it's not going to go away mm. um let's see I think um, it was a bit of a shock for a lot of people when we, like us, for example, at, at Durham, we we all moved to home working. But now we're at the point where we realise that a lot of the things that we had to change and move digital actually work better than it did before. So yeah, I probably agree that a lot of that's going to stay once this that's is all finished. Very true. Yes. And more on a, on a personal level, obviously, we've talked a bit about sort of those outside influences there. But what? what do you feel has worked for you over the past 12 months and what hasn't have there been any lessons learned have you had any failures could you i'm sure everybody has experienced ups and downs but um just just could you give us a bit of an insight in into kind of lessons learned i suppose uh yes uh, from uh, a very specific personal uh, view uh, for me definitely the past 12 months was a bit challenging i myself was into uh, quite a lot state we had some uh, you know um, uh, travel crisis personal crisis lot of stuff were ongoing so definitely there was some setbacks definitely there was some uh, failures but two things which uh, which stood by me was first one was my network so definitely my network helped me to leverage a lot of um, opportunities maybe the future opportunities maybe the present or maybe the upcoming shortly upcoming opportunities the second one was definitely uh, definitely was the patience so you have to be patient with this hard time 
and definitely it's going to pass but you have to keep on uh, you know maintaining your self persistence and keep on developing yourself go go for an uh, maybe virtual classes go for an additional learnings so that that definitely pays you after a certain period of time so whenever the market is ready or maybe whenever your client is ready you are ready to uh, face that challenge and uh, you are ready to you know provide your uh, set of services or products whatsoever it is so for for me these two pillars was quite important and that's what i stood with it and uh, gradually things are improving now and i'm still keeping hope with my these two pillars again over to you prasanna yeah i think uh, it's an interesting question because um, failure wise definitely like i mentioned uh, it took a while for us to uh, with regard to covid and its immediate impact realign and uh, you know uh, put us back on 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 the right direction so i'll give an example uh, i believe uh, we kind of missed some opportunity we could have pivoted a little earlier uh, in this regarding between what me and nitish were doing uh, but obviously it took for it took us a little longer to you know understand that and obviously the focus of businesses changed from uh, what was typically going what was already going which is there was digital transformation initiatives etc as opposed to from that uh, it focused on immediately to efficiency resiliency and etc you know so i think being being uh, uh, not only uh, just reacting is sufficient probably a little element of proactiveness was needed and that's something that we probably at that time if you reflect back now we think hey we should have done that but that's definitely was something that we can call upon as a failure and uh, we had our own entrepreneurial plans that uh, you know obviously came crashing with uh, all of these things but i think what happened uh, is we we it helped us uh, realize that we probably still have a lot more gaps to fill we discovered those and uh, we probably are still trying to fill them up uh, or work against that including building skills and um, whether it's you know adding skills or certifications or whatsoever matters Uh, so that's something that we continue to do. So, I mean, what do you think the future looks like? All right, I'll go first. Uh, so, for me, I mean, I, I genuinely think it's a, uh, so being an optimistic person. I think it's going to be positive uh, for two reasons. One, uh, I know that uh, we probably had uh, the last twelve months have been very difficult on all of us. so i think i genuinely at least believe that it cannot be like that for eternity so there has to be some change and hopefully that's 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 the the positive aspect and then uh, coming from the other side i think given where we are what we have learned uh, it's not just just businesses it's individuals uh, it's our mindset it's our ability to respond and also you know i think as humans we have certain inherent resiliency that's why probably we lived all these um, centuries um, you know on on the planet so i think putting all these together i really think that the future is bright um, there is a lot of opportunity and uh, i think it's 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 best uh, if we can make most sort of it yeah i mean i i agree with him uh, and you know 
the future which we sorted uh, or thought of that uh, okay it will be quite much of a uh, tech side quite much of a virtual side maybe uh, more pushing of the self employment so definitely we have uh, thought of this future but uh, we thought of it in a span of a 15 years but you know i mean this pandemic has changed everything and we may see these changes quite early maybe in a span of uh, 7 to 10 years so future is quite good quite positive and whatsoever the rate we thought of a transformation it's happening fast and and it's not just uh, twice or thrice it's almost 10 times fast so you may see you know the changes quite fast and it it uh, the future the good future is uh, very near soon so that's what future would be, according to me would look like mm. yeah I, th- i think i've got to agree i think you know if ever there's a time for reflection and to think about what works well and what doesn't it's you know a, a pandemic and hopefully it will be a time where we can kind of accelerate the good things and you know the the tech that works but actually also recognize what is better done in person but there's a time and a place for different sorts of activities and i think um i think it probably has made made everyone reflect more on what works rather than just going through the motions day to day so yeah um i mean i suppose that's that's all very relevant to to our students that that will be entering the workplace what advice would you give to them what what could they do to prepare um and specifically for those students that are looking to to go into consulting perhaps transitioning from a different sector where they might have worked before what what advice would you give to those students um so i mean the present students has it's a very good you know i would say they are going to face a lot of um, uh, upcoming opportunities and and the changing time is bringing very new different type of opportunities so there might be uh, more uh, you know demand for for the people who have a very uh, entrepreneurial thinking or maybe the people who uh, focus more on to as personalities the customer the customer experience so these type of things is going to come up uh, soon and in 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 a large demand so for uh, for my side the good advice would be just keep on your network tight keep on your um, things as closely as you do uh, make make your learning superior be be uh, more of a critical thinking and try to explore more of an opportunities you never know your your past may give you some your past experience may give you some uh, quite good of changes and that's what you would like to explore with the future uh, new sets of opportunities so these are the few things that is my advice on for ongoing students and specifically for and consulting the network is going to play a very critical role so keep on leveraging your network keep on listening and even uh, maintain a regular touch uh, with every one of you whosoever is in in a in a maybe in a first level third level or whatsoever network you have so that would be quite great for you um regarding um what advice can i give to future students um firstly i think um we are moving away from um the siloed world that we were living in the past to a very multidisciplinary uh, way of doing things so therefore 
I think it's something that we have to be um, uh, not just cautious, but you know, be more proactive in terms of being a multidisciplinary. Uh, and I think so. They refer to T profiles, so having the necessary depth at the same time, having the breadth. So I think that's something uh, very key. So as individuals, we will need to probably look at ourselves how we are fitting that. If not, make suitable changes. So that's something I really think um, we will need to do. From a consulting perspective, I think those who want to get into consulting, they probably should start early. Do not wait for your MBA to you know finish or whatever course. You probably should be start. You should be able to do even before you start your course, right? Because you, we all come up with certain skills. We have a certain knowledge. We have certain work experience. So depending upon what is that you want to focus, you do not have to wait. There's no reason your MBA is only going to build you with more information give you the tools and the frameworks, but there are a lot of other things that you already have. So while you learn that, you can still do. And I think that's something we do. Um, I mean, just, I, I, I genuinely believe that. So some, some of the, um, um, or rather the, the, what I wanted to mention was, I'm, 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 um, I'm still be able to be in touch with the SVP company and, you know, align, uh, help them on some of their uh, issues as and when they come up with. So I think it was only possible by you know building that relationship. So every, it doesn't matter you know where uh, uh, you know. Um, I think you have to have a genuine interest to you know care about you know who, what you come across, whom you come across, and, and, and give. And once you start giving, uh, you you get back. And I think this is not new. This is how this is how it works with networks. And I, the reason I mentioned that is I strongly believe. Uh, that helps uh, particularly for students to you know move from one project to another and then sometime come back so at least in my case i probably had the client come back three four times after i finished my mba and we had, we were lucky to you know continue to do some work on and on so i think that's you know it's, it's useful um i think uh, along with this i mean there's no it's, it's no brainer we now have the WEFS, you know, come up with these 10 major skills uh, for the future. So I don't think, uh, you know, apart from just knowing and acting on it, I believe uh, it's, it's, it's all in, uh, these are all things probably the students should start thinking on right now, instead of waiting for you, waiting for your program to finish and then think that I'll work on them. Probably should start working on them now. Listen guys, um, no carry on, uh, just carry on. Yeah. Just adding on to, um, um, you know, Prasanna's point. So um, I got my first uh, break of work, maybe it's an STV company or even my first career post MBA was through my network. So as Prasanna said, we inculcated those work during our MBA time. And as soon as we finished our course, we, we were lucky, or I would say your work has paid off at the end of the course to, you know, you got your first uh, break of work. So that's what uh, my suggestion again would be, just leverage your network, start working as early as you can on your uh, aspirations into the consulting side. I probably missed out adding volunteering. And I think I can't tell you, I mean, I, I really think that's another way, a great way to, you know, especially those who are interested in consulting, to, you know, start using that as an opportunity to first give what you know, uh, share what you know, and then go on to add, you know, you know where you are and then build those gaps. So I think it's really been helpful. And I think, um, I don't see why it should not help. Uh, any student. 
Yeah. Natish, Prasanna, um, it's always a pleasure talking to both of you guys. Um, I want to say a big thank you for joining us on the podcast. And I know you've made a, a real effort with time zones to make sure we can fit this call in. So thank you to both of you for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, Catherine. Thank you very much, Chris, and thank you very much, Catherine. I really think, I mean, having listened to your earlier podcasts, I really think this is a great, um, you know, uh, it's a two-way uh, um, support for the students yeah. and for alumni and for all of us. So I really think you're doing a great um, job with the podcast. Thank you very much and wish you more luck and more good things. Thanks a lot, guys. So, Catherine. Yeah, hi, Chris. So, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that. And I know I know Nitish and Prasanna um, from when they were studying at Durham, and it was nice yeah. to catch up with them. Uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring them on was because they've done this, this thing that a lot of um, students do seem to want to do, where they've got come from whatever background it is, whether it's engineering or software development, and they've gone into consulting roles. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought I thought it would be nice to have somebody on to, to talk about their experiences in that. And I thought their advice was really good. I mean, personally, um, something that comes up a lot and that I talk about a lot is networking. And I like how they, they use their network and they feel like they, they did that to help them get to where they are now. Yeah, I mean, the, the word networking came up, I think, countless numbers of times. And I think there's a bit of a running theme, to be honest, throughout this series, which is, networking, volunteering, meeting people, genuinely being interested in people, all of those sorts of words and phrases seem to be connected to opportunity. And I think, um, yeah, I think that a lot of the guests recognise that um, you need to put in that work and you need to put in the work of meeting people and understanding, you know, different people have different skill sets um, to reap the rewards of that. And that might not happen immediately. Um, and also, I guess, in terms of any sort of change, change in career, meeting as many people as possible from a variety of different backgrounds only does your favours. And I think they both focus quite a lot on the collegiate system and how that collegiate system of Durham sort of marries quite nicely with, with the importance of networking. So, yeah, they, they had lots thought, of good tips. Yeah, I thought this advice of if you want to get into... And it kind of spreads across any any industry, really, but consulting in particular. If you want to get into consulting, really, you should start work right now. And you should start networking now and looking for opportunities and trying to make those connections now. And I, I always think that kind of thing's um, good advice. But they had a positive outlook for the future as well, given all the circumstances. And, you know, they work in technology consulting. They work with businesses around the world. So it was nice to have that positivity going into the future. And, you know, we all hope that this year is going to be better than the last one. Yeah, again, at a time of opportunity, especially if you're entrepreneurial or focused on customer experience, um, they seem to to see it as a as an opportunity for people as opposed to to something that could be viewed a little bit more negatively. So, um, yeah, I think um, it was all about being open, exploring different thing, not having sort of a closed mindset. Um, and I think they're all really, really important lessons. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you once again, as I always do, to the listeners um, of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe and share. I've been Chris Roberts. I'm Catherine Kirby. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.